Page eight in your blue book. Page eight. Page eight.
crowd, we'll do 142. 142. 142.
Well, just thinking about that one word, rolled. In the Old Testament, they were rolled. In the New Testament, they were washed. That's a big difference. I mean to tell you, something changed in the Old Testament, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And that was that instead of rolling ahead, they were washed away. I'm glad this morning to be in the Lord's house, and I hope and pray you are too. Uh, remember all those on our prayer request list. Lift them up in your prayers. Uh, be praying for Brother Sue Paul and Sister Nim. And uh, we'll talk about that offline a little more. But remember them in your prayers. Sister Rhonda Collins fell last week, broke her hip, and had surgery last Sunday. And so... Uh, remember them in your prayers. Remember her in your prayers. She said she's doing good. And so we pray that you just pray for her. Also the Robertson family. This is a dear friend of ours. We ask you to pray for Melvin. And uh, uh, 95 years old. And used to come to church with us when we pastored out in Goshen. Out east of Fayetteville, he would come. Him and sis would come every so often. And he passed away. I was out there Friday evening at his house, and he couldn't talk to us. I really, I'd like to have gotten there sooner to when he could have talked to us. And But I just sat there beside him, and I prayed. And I said, Lord, I said, you can talk to him clearer than I can. he ain't right, please, please talk to him so that he will be. And I prayed and I kept saying, ask God, just give me, give me a sign. He was shaking real bad. And uh, I said, God, just stop him from shaking. He kept shaking. Oh, he'd stop every so often for a moment, but he just kept shaking. We just kept praying. But this morning, his uh, grandson posted a text and said that we, they, and Robbie and Alyssa, they're, they're Christians. And they said that they was glad to know that Grandpa, Papa at the lake, was in heaven. And they were so thankful that he had told them that he had accepted Jesus into his heart. I've got a funeral service to preach this week. But I could preach it a whole lot different now. Because he made a confession. Church is so important to be right with God. You can't whitewash it and just simply go through life and think you're going to go to heaven when you die. You've got to be born again. And if you're born again, you got to, I say this, you don't got to. If you're born again, you want to walk with the Lord. I would say this, that Melvin didn't get around good. He couldn't see. He couldn't drive. Depended upon his family to take him to church if he was going to go. And I'll be honest with you, 
I don't know of any of them that would take him. You know, maybe Robbie and Alyssa could, but they lived a ways away. But, you know, there comes a point in time in our lives we got to realize going to church is something we take for granted. Heard a preacher preaching this week and we're all sitting down so brothers you got to get more comfortable that's fine here. there was a time when the church needed God now today we think God needs us we need God worse than we ever realized more than we can imagine I'll be honest with you Listening to the same preacher preach this morning on the way down here convicted my heart. We can't just keep going along, getting along. We're either going to have to get in and really serve the Lord, worship Him and honor Him, or when the end comes, comes, we're going to be a little embarrassed and a little ashamed. And I know one thing, the Bible says that though that they that put their faith and their trust in the Lord shall not be ashamed. And that's going to be because they put their faith and their trust and they walked like they knew it. Instead of playing skip and hopscotch down the sidewalk. So we ask you to pray for these, we need you to pray for them. Ask you to pray for us, need you to pray for us. You ask me to pray for you, I need to pray for you. Church time's getting short. And the Bible's true, it seems like we care less and less. And yet we're getting closer to judgment. You stand this morning, we'll go to the Lord in prayer, ushers come. Father, today we come before you humbly and thankful that we can come in the precious name of Jesus. Knowing, dear God, today that you hear our prayers. You understand our cries. But God, you're the only one who can bring us peace and joy. God, it seemed like maybe we've forgotten the day we got saved. We've forgotten the hour the transformation came and took place. Lord, we become just kind of getting along. May this service today be a change. God, the needs that we know of that are on our prayer request list and those that have been unspoken, God, you know this morning, I pray, Father, with the power from heaven that you touch, that you move. And God, the offering we're receiving today, Lord, belongs to you. And we ask you, dear God, today to help us to use it rightly. Not for our benefit, but for your glory. We'll thank you, Father, we'll praise you, Father, today in the blessed name of Christ Jesus. Amen.
there if you need to not be a scripture this morning. Church, this time goes on. We've got less time to make things right. Less time to serve worship you know it's hard to worship when you're not serving it's hard to serve when you're unconcerned unthankful And I know that we would say that, Brother Arnie, you just, let me get this straightened up here. Say, Brother Arnie, you just don't know what I've been going through. Can I tell you, church, he does. God does. Jesus does. The Holy Ghost does. Sometimes we think, well, you don't know what I'm going through, and that's our excuse for not being where we need to be or as close as we ought to be with God. But I'm going to tell you something. If it gets rough, you better get closer, not further away. And it seems like we get further away from God instead of closer to God when things get rough. We get discouraged. But I'll be honest with you. We ought to be encouraged. The trial of our faith is more precious than that of gold. In my weakness, he's made strong. When I can't, he can. If I'm not able, he's still able. See, God does not change. Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. The problem we have is us. We blame the world, we blame our spouse, our children, our job, our neighbors, we might even blame our church, but the problem isn't in any of those, it's in us, me, what's my prayer life, what's my worship life? What's my study time like? What's my service to God like? Is my Bible open or closed? What am I putting in? Is it scriptures, messages, prayers? Or television, radio, other activities? 
In Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God. Now, over and over in the scriptures, the Bible tells us that God has said that he is God and there's none other. I am the Lord thy God and there are or is none other. He said, there's none other like me. He's the creator, the founder. He's the master. He's the shaper. If anything needs to be changed, he's the changer. He's the molder. He's the modifier. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel, he is the potter. We are the clay. We're trying to change God to look like us. It says in the book of Romans in the first chapter when God wants us to change to look like him. He created us in his image, according to Genesis, and in his likeness. Think about it this way, church. When God gave us life, it was the life that he had. Otherwise, we are dead. And the Bible tells us that when we get to a point that we become of age, uh, and only God knows when every one person is at age, but we become of age that uh, we become sinful and prideful. If you look at it this morning again, he said in verse 2, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I'm going to stop on that verse right there because the message this morning is love the Lord. If you think about it this way, if you love the Lord, you will have no other gods besides him. And it's true. Anything that takes place or has more space in your life than God does is what you serve. I thought about this this morning, and, 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 and I tell you what, sometimes on the way to church, the message that we listen to, the preacher preaching and, and, and stuff, and I'm just thinking to myself, how in the world did he know that I was going to preach on that subject? And before I got to that subject, he was going to preach on his subject. And when I listened to it, it would be to line me out in preparation for my subject. And this preacher preached the message he preached 12, 13 years ago, whatever it was. Maybe longer than that, I don't remember. He was talking about how Nixon would be standing before God and the things that was going on. And so I don't know, but I know this, that God put it where it was so that I could hear it when I did in preparation for what God gave me today. Church, there's no coincidences with God. None. Absolutely none. It's not by mistake that these things happen. It's by design and divine course that they take place. So listen to me. If if you think about it this way, I've got 17 places and I was under the impression that the number 17 meant dominion. 
And I'll be honest with you, God has dominion over us whether we like it or not. Uh, but let me just say this, that if you will allow God to have dominion over your life, you are going to be so much better than you are right now. Where is the joy of the church? Where's the happiness of the church? Where's the worship of the church? I, I don't know about you this morning, but I'll tell you what. I felt like when we were singing that we was worshiping God this morning. I felt like there was something there besides just some words on a page and some musical instruments on the side going along with us. I Honestly, and, and if you didn't feel that, I'm just going to tell you what, get, get, get right with God, get closer to God, because if you get your heart where your heart needs to be, you'll start to understand that when you worship, it does something. church doesn't worship anymore it's because our love's not right I'm just going to be honest with you I remember a few years ago and I went and I say this back in 2018 I went and bought me a red Chevy pickup I got the numbers right and I felt confident I had a new job, a better paying job, and it was a better vehicle than what we had, and I bought that truck in the hopes that I would be able to buy me a camper trailer, and I kept it, and it started having some problems, and so we went and bought the black truck, and we bought it in hopes that we could buy us a camper trailer, in hopes that we would buy us a side-by-side, -side. we'd have a camper trailer and a side-by-side -side that we could pull with the truck. And then I bought that little red car because I wanted something cheaper on gas and I wanted to save my truck, the miles on my truck. And on the way down here this morning, God got on to me about my truck. Not that I had it, but the desire to do with it was the wrong desire. Got a good vehicle to get me back and forth to church. It'll get me here if the weather gets bad. It'll get me home. It, it sets up high enough that hopefully if I was to run into a deer, it wouldn't come through the window. It's comfortable enough that me and my wife on a cold morning can get in it and turn on our heated seats and drive down here in comfort. It's cool enough that in the summertime we can get in there and we can turn on the air conditioner and we can drive around in comfort. But the benefit of the truck is not the comfort. It's actually the ability to travel back and forth from our house to his house. It'll be a place where we need to be to serve the Lord and where we come together to, to, to worship. And I, and I was thinking and God was talking and this man was talking and I thought I've, I've wanted this truck for so many reasons uh, that I had personal reasons. And, and it just seemed like this, you know, don't get rid of it because you can do this and don't get rid of it because you can do that and don't get rid of it in hopes of this and don't get rid of it in hopes of that. But the truth of the matter is this morning, church, I've put that 
that truck in a place it did not belong to be. It was there because I thought I would get something else. But the truth is, it's here to serve God. You say, a truck don't serve God. That truck goes where I go. So if I take it to the house of God, it's in service. Do you realize where I'm going this morning, church? When you love God, things begin to disappear. And God begins to reappear. We got so much in our lives that we can't see God. And he said there, he said, listen, listen to what he said in verse, Thou shalt have no other little G. Gods. And I don't know if that's spelled right to you, so I'm going to do it this way. And yet we occupy ourselves with everything but God. 17 verses. In scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. I've said this many times, but, but I'm going to say it a whole lot more today while we're here. Look at what he says. And thou, who's the thou? That's, that's me. That's you. We're the thou. God didn't have to tell Jesus to love him. God didn't have to tell the Holy Ghost to love him. They were all together in heaven. He said the, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And yet we know that Jesus said that he come to do the will of the Father. And that the love of the Father was in him. And he loved the Father and they loved us. And if we get the love of God in us, church, it's going to change our lives. I thought about this. Lynetta used this scripture on me the other day. She showed me something and she said, do you know what that verse of scripture is? 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. I thought about 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 13, and then and I thought, no, I don't, that's not it. And she said, no, it's if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away, and all things are become new. And I thought about this. My old man has been fighting my new man for I don't know how long. And you know what, church? The Bible tells us that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these two are contrary one to another so that you would not do that which you do. In other words, it says there that the spirit is saying, let the new man have its way. Follow the Lord. Love him. Be consumed with him. And the old man saying, hey, you got enough. Don't get, don't, don't get carried away with it. Don't, don't, don't get too close to God and, 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 and you know, don't, don't be so hard on people about it. And, and the, the old man is constantly trying to tell me that I don't need to do anything other than what I'm doing. And yet the new man tells me you better get a better walk. You better get a better talk. The old man is saying don't worry about it, but the new man is saying you better 
Why? Because look at what he said in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1. Therefore, now, now chapter 6, verse 5 says, and thou. But Deuteronomy, it says, therefore, thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. Hey, church, it didn't end in the New Testament it didn't start just at the Old Testament and end at the Old Testament. It, it went always. I mean, after all, do we not believe that Matthew chapter 28, the last verse there, he said, Behold, I am with you always. That that meant that Jesus was always present with us. I mean, I woke up this morning and he wasn't on a journey somewhere else. He was at your house. He was at my house. I mean, just to be honest, if you love him, he's there, right? And if you don't love him, he's still there. You just don't know it. Because he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at one time. There ain't a place you can go where God is not there. The difference is whether or not you recognize him. Hey, I, 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 I think about this. God is at the bar. You know what he's doing? He's telling the guy and the girls and giving her a drink, you don't need this. What you need is me. Drugs and alcohol will only cause you problems. They will not give you the solution. I watched a commercial the other day, and I say that I don't watch it unless I just absolutely have to, but but I, I was paying attention to the TV. And, and there's a commercial on there about rescuing dogs and cats. It's four minutes long trying to bribe you to give money to rescue dogs and cats. And how horrible it is that they go through the starvation that they do. And they always show you the worst ones. I mean, after all, that's how you play on the heartstring, right? Always show that which is messed up. But, but what amazes me is there's not one commercial four minutes long on television trying to get us to save the unborn. And the same people want you to save the dogs and the cats tell you it's okay to kill your child. You don't want to try to go after my grandchildren or my children. I'm here to tell you, you better ready to be, meet Jesus. I mean it. The devil will stand before God one day and he will realize his eternity is hell forever. Right now he's fooling himself because he ain't fooling nobody else. And some people going with him, though, because they're fooled. Deuteronomy 11, 13. And it shall come to pass. I'll fill in the blanks for you in a minute. It shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments which I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Think about this church. 
If you're going to do it, let's, let's do it right. All of your heart. All of your soul. Everything that you've got poured out to God. Then God is going to bless you. The blessing we think about oftentimes is the monetary side of things. Can I tell you, my truck can be a blessing. But too long, it's been a curse. Always thinking about what I could pull with it. Don't even realize how distracted we get because of these things. Instead of saying, God, what can I do for you with this truck is God when am I going to get a trailer why can't I have a side and a side that's not loving God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind can I tell you, God could plant a park, I guess, not plant, but God could park a travel trailer by my house anytime he wants to. Put the title in my name, give me keys to it, anytime he wants to. I wouldn't even have to go to the lot and pick it out. You say, well, Brother Ernie, that's silly. No, that, that's, that's fact. If God can put groceries on the doorstep of somebody who just went and paid all they had to keep the light bill on in the church, God could park a travel trailer beside my house. Here's what I'm getting at, though, church. It's not that I believe God's going to do that. I believe that if God wants me to have one, God will make it more obvious, and I shouldn't be focusing on it. It shouldn't be, God, when that I'm going to get mine. It should be, God, how do I make sure you're getting yours? How do I make sure, God, that I'm loving you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my mind? God, how do I make sure that I'm doing that? God, how do I make sure that I'm serving you the way you want me to serve you instead of just serving the way that I feel like it? Deuteronomy 13 and 3, Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of the prophet, that's a lying prophet, or that dreamer of dreams. <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to stop right there for just a second. Can I tell you, I've had dreams that haunt me. I had dreams about this church that haunt me. We were growing. We were filling up. You say, well, what's wrong with that? We were getting full, but we were empty. 
bunch of folks that have no spirit, no worship, no service. Everybody was doing their own thing. Come time to start service, and I couldn't find my shoes. There's times I was wearing shorts and couldn't find my, my slacks. Other times I couldn't find my shirt. There was times when I went out and I was dressed just right and I had all my shoes, my shirt, my slacks, and I mean I was ready and nobody listened. I was saying it's time to start service and nobody cared. Conversations going on and people playing on the piano. By the way, I don't have a problem with that, but but they wouldn't stop. It was time to start service, and they were doing their own thing. They would not heed to anything. And I thought to myself, Lord, what is wrong? One day I realized the dream was telling me two things. First off, I didn't have the power of God on the inside of me. I was unprepared to preach. The next part is that the people are unprepared to hear. Church, if we don't love God with everything we've got, we're really not a church. dead body at that. We're listening to the lies and to the deceits. We're, we're, we're going along thinking that we are really, we, God is working, or I say this, God is keeping the doors open and, and, and we, we feel like we're being blessed because the doors is open and we are, but can I tell you, the doors is not open so that we can sit here and say, look at what we've done, how we've taken just a few and we've kept on going. Instead, God keeps saying this, the doors is open, there's a few there, but I can do more than that, but you got to love me. you got to love me. we're right we can't receive I'm going to be honest with you church God said that if we would love him with all of our heart with all of our soul with all of our might that he will bless us we will be fruitful Deuteronomy 19 and 9, if thou shalt keep all these commandments to do them, not talk about them, do them. 
Well, we don't think we have to be doers today. We're living in the grace dispensation of time. We don't have to do anything. I mean, we just say we love Jesus and we get to go on and, and we don't have to do nothing. I mean, if you think you got to do something, then you think you have to, that's work salvation. James said, show me thy faith without thy works, but I will show thee my faith by my works. Jesus said, or Ephesians says, that we are ordained unto good works, which, or excuse me, created unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, God said, you've got to do something. Doing does not save me, but it does verify my salvation. It verifies my faith. It verifies who I really believe in, who I really love. What I do is a sign of who I truly am and who I truly serve. And you can't get around that. I can't get around that. But thou shalt keep these commandments to do them which I command thee this day, to love the Lord thy God and to walk in ever in his ways. Church, listen. He's promised them. He said, Then thou shalt add three cities more to thee beside these three. Go back and research on that. Can I tell you, there's a city I'm looking forward to whose builder and maker is God. I'm looking for a tabernacle made without hands. But it comes to loving God more than anything else. We love ourselves. We love our friends. But we're supposed to love our Lord. to a young another preacher and he said you know the that that all roads lead to he said to judgment the bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment all roads lead to judgment and he said that and i thought to myself oh, i'm so glad though the bible still says this Straight is way and there is the gate that leadeth unto life eternal. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of God one day. But can I tell you, if you get off all the other roads and get on the straight road, when you get there, you're going through the straight gate. That's the benefit and the blessings of loving the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And realizing that you're not as big as you think you are. 
You're not as in control as you think you are. You've not got it all made out, right out, just the way you think you do. But God knows best. God knows absolutely best. And I will tell you this morning, church, I've thought about this. We started on Sunday night, last week, Sunday night, the first Sunday night, men's prayer meeting at 3.30, and I know that's really not convenient in some ways, but hey, God's not at a convenience. God's at a premium. But 3.30, just for men to get together, and if the ladies want to, that's their choice, but for us men to get together, and, and, and we, you know, Asking God to help me be the pastor I need to be. Asking God to lead us the way that we need to go. Lead this church in the path, in the pathway that it needs to be going down. Asking God to help us realize our frailties, but His magnificence. I want to add one more to you. Everything works out right. We're going to start having a Saturday morning prayer breakfast. Everybody's invited. But it's going to be about prayer. You come and eat. We'll find something in the future, whether it's sausage and eggs, biscuits and gravy, pancakes, waffles, whatever. I don't know what it'll be. But we're going to do it. And whoever shows up, you'll get some food. And then you'll get some real food. Say, why do that, Brother Ernie? Standing still, water becomes stagnant. And the church does the same thing. Standing still. It's time to be a church. A body that moves. Until God is in our lives what he's supposed to be. First, most important, biggest aspect, most valuable. What's the most valuable player on the team? The one that does the best. And God does the best. Keep selling out to life, we're going to miss eternal life. I've got more verses, I'll not get to them. But I want to get to this in 1 John chapter 4. If you would stand, we'll read the last part of what we got. It's not part of our, our verses we've got written down. The first verse, Deuteronomy or Exodus, and this one, we're not part of it. First John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, 
For love is of God. This church has to love one another. We cannot love one another properly unless we love God mostly. That's fact. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And I'm going to tell you something, church. There's a difference between the love that we talk about and the love that God expressively gives. It does something to us different. I was watching the movie the other day, and it, there was a line in towards the end of it, and it said, the lady says, it's not every day that a husband comes to love his wife after they're married. And I thought to myself, God, that's exactly what happened to me. It wasn't until I got things right with you that I realized how to love my wife. And when I started loving my wife, the devil started aggravating our family. And you know what? We just grew closer together. Because there was one day on the way home from church, we realized that the enemy was the one causing the problems. He was the one stopping us from having good time at church. He was the one stopping us from having a godly home. He was the one doing, he kept throwing in things there. And I'm going to tell you, he, he loves to aggravate the wife and the husband. Destroy their marriage. He can destroy everything else. He that, loveth knoweth, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. If you can't love God, and I can't love God with everything we've got, then we don't have God. Read your Bible. I'm going to tell you something, church. That's a hard one to swallow, right? But look at what it says. He that loveth not knoweth not God. And God says that I should love him with all my heart, with all my soul. With all my might, with all my mind. In this is manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into this world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Because if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I'm telling you, church. You got to love God before you can love anybody else. 
and when we love God the way that we should, everything else falls into place. You've heard me say this over and over again, and I realize this, that while I have the new man inside of me, uh, Jesus created a new man. The flesh that I'm living in is fighting against the new man. The flesh and the spirit, are they're battling back and forth, and for too long I've listened to the wrong side. And I realized that. Begin changing. Looking harder at God. Looking more for God. Understanding, searching the Bible more. And every time I feel like I'm gaining ground, the devil comes along and he just kind of punches me. But then I heard that preacher say something this morning. Actually said it the other day. There was a man when he was casting out demons. The seven sons, his feet, Skiva, whatever. I, I don't want to mess it all up. But the devil said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? When the devil begins to know who you are, he'll start punching back. You think about that for a second. When we begin to love God, the devil's going to punch. But that's when we rise up and we realize this. If the devil's punching, we're blessed. Because we got the love of God. We're in love with God. And we're on our way to a closer relationship with him. Father, this morning I love you. Praise you. And I ask you, God, have your way. Touch every heart and soul. May we surrender to you today what is rightfully yours. Us. Lord, give you praise in Jesus' name. And amen. Would you come this morning?